0: Welcome to another episode of the Family Business Podcast, brought to you by Tharabat Magazine, with your host, Ramya Elagami. In his book, Trapped in the Family Business, Michael Klein explores the difficult situation that can occur when family business members feel they no longer fit in their role. Informed by his experiences as a clinical psychologist and family business consultant, the author elaborates a deeper understanding of this often damaging and counterproductive reality Complex family dynamics make the issue incredibly sensitive. Belonging, responsibility, and fear of the unknown all play a part in exacerbating the problem. There are techniques to make a positive change, however. In his book, Dr. Klein provides some practical guidance to this end. You're not alone, and there are ways to remedy the situation. Recently, Tharavat magazine had the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Klein to discuss the book what to do if this situation affects you or someone you know and the overarching importance of self identity enjoy this episode
1: okay great so michael without much further ado let's get started so I'm looking right now at the cover of your book, which is called Trapped in the Family Business. And this is actually already your second edition. Now, I mean, first of all, Michael, I think you do always an explanation as to like, you know, why such a dramatic title and what sort of like motivated you to write this book in the first place?
2: It's a great question. And I think I can answer both with one story. And it was the first client that I ever worked with in a family business was very much trapped He had bought out his manufacturing company with his brother from their father and five years into running the company really had determined that this was not the path for him, but could not really bring himself to talk to his brother Mm -hmm. clearly and openly about what wasn't working out for them. And so they had spent a lot of time really at each other's throats uh, and had really been acting out on this conflict, which was far more internal for my client than anything else. Mm -hmm. After going through a series of assessment tools and conversations, what I learned was that he was, in fact, had been an art history major, had never really had much of an interest in business, but this was too good of an opportunity to pass up. Mm -hmm. His original plan with his brother was to buy the business from their dad, spend about three to five years growing the business, sell it, and then each go on their merry way and various other careers or whatever opportunities availed themselves to them. But because the business had been so successful, they both ended up staying in it far longer than they had originally planned. And so what was stunning to me was that despite the fact that he was really unhappy and not a good fit for the business, because of the dynamics of being raised in a family business, of working so closely with his brother, of his brother really enjoying the business, of his father's legacy, It was really, really difficult for my client to even consider having conversations about maybe this isn't for me ultimately, maybe we need to revisit Mm -hmm. our plans. And so it really, really struck me and it tugged on my heartstrings. But what also struck me in that process of getting to know him was that there really weren't resources available. Nobody was talking about Mm -hmm. this idea of what happens if you end up working in a family business and determine that it's not the best fit for you. And because of the nature of family businesses, those conversations are so difficult and tend to be avoided. And he really had uh, not, not only nobody else that he felt like he could turn to, but no other resources. And so I simply wrote the book to provide him and other folks with something to say, hey, you're not alone in this. Other people are experiencing this. It can be understood. And you can kind of take a step back and think about what your options are in a rational and thoughtful way.
1: I think what will be very interesting for our listeners here to understand is what kind of factors you boil it down to as to why it is so hard for us in family businesses to bring up the subject if you if you had to boil it down to three or four factors that you think make it hard what would they be
2: well, what I found and, and and what I should say was when I embarked on writing this book, I knew I had to speak to a lot of people about about what their situations were and learn a lot more really about family businesses in general, even though my background is in clinical psychology and I had studied family systems a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not know much about family businesses, although I spent most of my career in, in human resource roles as a business consultant. Mm-hmm. So I talked to over 30 different folks who were in or had left family businesses I spoke with advisors. I spoke with academics. And for me, it was a really fascinating journey to learn about what I consider all the really unconscious or some might consider emotional reasons Mm -hmm. that people do end up not only getting trapped, but then really unable to to have those difficult conversations. Uh, one of the ones that came to the surface most frequently, really, and, and that I write about in in the book is really guilt and obligation. Mm-hmm. The feeling of, well, my parents have provided this wonderful opportunity for me, or my siblings have brought me on, or I have this wonderful role. I have this ability to earn an income that I may not be earning uh, if I didn't go into my family business at you know the age of 25 or 30. Even if they start at the bottom, they're often in leadership roles well before their colleagues and friends are who don't have opportunities in family businesses. So Mm -hmm. they've got great opportunities, their names on the door. And so to even question, is this um, the best fit for me? Or to even bring up the topic of, I'm not sure I'm as satisfied as I could be, Mm -hmm. uh, on some level, I think feels like a real uh, betrayal. Of what family members have done for the individual, and so the guilt that goes with that, the feeling of obligation, especially once you get into real, I would say beyond second generation family business. I've met with many people who feel like they didn't have much of a choice because this is what their parents did, and their parents before them did, and their parents before them, and
1: mm-hmm. it was very
2: much expected. And so, there really isn't the freedom to kind of have those conversations about fit of who I am. I've talked to many people who are in their family business and stay there, and don't again don't want to broach the topic. Because because they're often in the business to protect their aging parents. Mm-hmm. I interviewed one person for the book who actually came back into his family business in his late 30s because he thought his parents were being taken advantage of by mm-hmm. not only employees, but by vendors. Mm-hmm. And so he felt this great responsibility to really jump in and arguably kind of save his parents. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's all of those very deeply ingrained and and personal family dynamics that take years to evolve that end up in not only trapping folks, but I think even even opening up this Pandora's box really, really difficult.
1: I think that the interesting thing about all the positives that you enumerate about being part of a family business maybe also make it quite hard for a person to recognize that they're trapped, that there might be an underlying sort of unhappiness about the fact that they're in the family business because they might not even dare to think that there's an option to to leave. But maybe just for the sake of like, you know, self-assessment here for anyone who's listening to this or, or who has the, has the pleasure of reading your book, what, what do you think are the clearest sort of like telltale signs that you might be trapped in your family business?
2: Much of what I've seen Uh, that are, uh, for lack of a better term, really symptoms Mm -hmm. of being trapped in a a family business do overlap with all sorts of other situations. So Mm -hmm. I I can present kind of a short list, but I just want to put that disclaimer out there that this may not be completely related to, or or the underlying cause may not be this issue, but I've certainly seen a fair amount of substance abuse and substance use. And often that serves to Mm -hmm. kind of numb people. Mm-hmm. from issues of frustration, of not feeling like they're necessarily contributing, not necessarily satisfied in their business, numbing out um, uh, the discomfort that comes from conflict with family members. I believe um, there is data to support that it is um, slightly more uh, slightly more common in family-run enterprises um, by family members because it is easy, frankly, mm-hmm. to have a substance abuse issue and have it kind of slip by. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you can make your own hours. You can, I I worked with a client who one of the owners would disappear for days on end because Mm -hmm. of a problem with alcohol and because he was one of the owners and because there was a family history of alcoholism and it wasn't something that was talked about, it really enabled him to continue to be an owner and be in the family business Mm -hmm. despite Mm -hmm. having that problem a disengagement i would say is another one so a lack of interest in you know if the business succeeds or not or a disconnection from feeling a disconnection from the mission and the vision of the business certainly the business as a source of income uh is is is, is one level of engagement but not being connected to the growth of the company the success of the company the mission of the company again it could it could mean a lot of different things but i mm-hmm. found that often that that's another symptom And I'll also say that as people continue to work in family businesses, if they do feel somehow trapped or don't feel as engaged, if it's not really a good fit between who they are whether it's temperamentally or interest-wise or motivation-wise, as time goes on, they become more and more isolated and less and less engaged with people Mm -hmm. around them. Mm -hmm. If you're seeing family members that are disengaging, that are um, not turned to as much for input and for advice, uh, family members for whom, you know, meetings can go on without them and are readily, sadly kind of ignored, I think we've got one of those situations where there's probably not a great fit here and something needs to happen.
1: So I think like, you know, we will um, give our listeners hope as well by tackling your chapter five, which uh, which is entitled Action, What Can Be Done? Because there's hope for people trapped in the family business. I think most of us in a family business, we're very much absorbed in getting the job done. And it is quite frankly, like it's, it's a difficult discussion to broach. How do you think families could cultivate a more open dialogue around these things? Like, you know, what kind of a setting is best suited for that kind of a conversation? Is it more of a family setting? Is it like a family council setting? Is it really something that should be discussed only within the business framework? Like, what in your experience as a psychologist as well do you recommend?
2: I think you hit on one of the ones that's really key, having a family council, having ongoing family meetings. Uh, having folks in the organization, even if they're not family members, but human resource professionals, human resource directors for whom the career development and the professional trajectory of family members is really given special attention. Because I think, just like you're saying, it is very convenient to avoid those topics. So setting up a structure, again, whether it's a family council, whether it's a family meeting, Mm -hmm. whether it's uh, some kind of performance management process that an HR person uh, is trained and really focused on for, for family members, Those are all potential places where you can have these conversations and discussions so you can really prevent these situations from, from getting out of control or for, or, or, you know, if you've got people focused on the ongoing development and training and assessment. Of who family members are and where they fit in the business. So, I mean, of course, you'd love to have that um, for all of your employees, but certainly in the case of family members, when it there can be an assumption that, well, this is where they're going to be forever and we'll find a place for them and we'll figure it out as we go if there's not enough critical attention paid to their their development. And that could mean training classes, that could mean hiring coaches for them, that could mean a ser- an assessment center or a series of assessments to make sure that mm-hmm. that person is in the right job and doing the things that, that they're meant to do, mm-hmm. um, but I think absolutely there, ne- there needs to be a structure in place to to deal with that, or else you're just left kind of hoping that all goes well.
1: The great thing about your book, I think, uh, to me, Michael, is that you know you're very you're very clear. That so this is not a book, by the way, for for our listeners and for our readers. This is not a book that will tell you how to leave the family business, right? Like it's not necessarily the case. That's right. You're uh, you're definitely not telling anyone who feels trapped to just exit. You you very clearly give sort of like three broad categories of of actions that can be undertaken in case you have identified that you are trapped, or in case you've identified that another family member might be trapped in the family business. And I would love for you to, Michael, if you wouldn't mind, just giving us a brief insight into each one of these three sort of like options or like, you know, categories of actions that are available to us.
2: I so appreciate you bringing that up because the reason that I titled the book Trapped in the Family Business was uh Uh, again, because of that client that I mentioned and because of the interviews that I did, it's such an important topic that people just don't talk about, Mm -hmm. but it can be very emotional. And so having a title that captures the emotionality of it was really important to me. But what you bring up is what so many people think of when they see the title of the book before they crack it open, which is that, well, I'm advocating somehow that uh, everybody who's unhappy or feels dissatisfied should leave their family business And, and in no way, shape or form am I advocating that I mean I one of the things that I talk about in the intro to the second edition is that over the course of the past several years working with more and more family businesses I've come to really appreciate the joy that you have or that you can have from working alongside family members I've got mm-hmm. clients who know their parents or know their children in a way that I certainly, uh, have not had access to with my own folks. I didn't mm-hmm. work in a family business, and so my understanding of my father or my mother as working professionals is somewhat abstract. You know, I didn't have that that intimacy that comes from working side by side mm-hmm. with family members. And so I think I think for those of us that have an opportunity to work that closely with family need to be very, very thoughtful about what you are giving up if you do ultimately decide to leave. Because it is really, in many ways, a blessing. Simply because you feel trapped does not mean the only solution is to break free uh, out of of your cage or out of your trap. The trap is really, from where I'm standing and from what I've seen, really uh, about feelings. Mm -hmm. So it's about feeling trapped. And as you mentioned, the the three ways that I talk about dealing with it and the three, I think, successful paths that people can take are either changing their perspective, Uh, taking action or ultimately exiting and really changing perspective for many of the folks that I've spoken to often has to do with getting to know what it would mean to work in a non-family business, having a clear understanding of what you do and don't have. It's almost a way of saying, look, we all know the grass is always greener on the other side and we all have frustrations at work no matter where we are. Let's be really clear that our frustrations are not about being in this particular business or this particular family business before we take some um, some abrupt or sudden action. So getting out there, talking to people, seeing what other opportunities are out there, I've worked with many, many people who, once they've started talking to recruiters or talking to friends and colleagues and seeing what other opportunities were out there, realized that, gosh, again, what what an amazing thing working in a family business can Mm -hmm. be Mm -hmm. and what a blessing that I have to work in it. So really just getting outside of of the four walls of the family business and thinking differently about what you do have, I think can really make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of Taking action, I list three things in the book that I've seen people do and, and coach people through, which is either changing the job that you're in, mm-hmm. which is, if possible, trying to find those elements of the job that do give you the most satisfaction and seeing if you could steer more of your time towards that, for sure. Uh, switching your role. Are there other opportunities within the company? And of course, the larger the company, the more likely this is to move around and see perhaps some kind of rotational program if you haven't kind of come from the bottom up mm-hmm. then maybe it's a great opportunity to to rotate around and see what else what other roles there are and spend 6 months spend a year doing that Well, ultimately, if you are in a position of power, if you have some authority, if you have the ability to do this, I encourage people to consider bringing in business consultants and seeing, well, can they modify the business in a way? Mm -hmm. Can they pursue new markets? Can they change their business strategy and their goals so they do feel more engaged, more excited, more perhaps that the business aligns with kind of who they are in some cases, and um, many family businesses do this as just a matter of course, Mm -hmm. uh, and this tends to be, I I believe, third, fourth generation and older family businesses, is they will provide some kind of uh, liquidity or some kind of investment for the next gens to go off and start their own new division of -hmm. a business. And so again, I think you've got the best of both worlds. In that case, you've got the opportunity to build something new that's just your own that might fit with you, but you've got the backing of your family and, and your family business behind you. And then, lastly, is um, really uh, what, what the last resort would be, which is leaving the business. Uh, working with somebody now who has spent 15 years working in the family business with a parent and with cousins and with aunts and uncles and uh, has not unfortunately had a whole lot of professional development and has now just started to realize that that particular family business, doesn't have much of a future in their industry, and he's concerned Mm -hmm. about the industry in general, and is now starting to really kind of branch out and see, well, what else is out there? What else can I do? Mm -hmm. It's particularly frightening for folks like him that have not held full-time employment. Anywhere but the family business. And that mm-hmm. is something that I do run into very, very often. If all you've ever known as an adult, as a full time employee, is the family business, mm-hmm. that adds a whole other level of emotionality and, frankly, of fear. You know, can I succeed outside of this business? What is it really going to be like out there? What if I'm not? the boss's son or daughter. I don't know necessarily what that environment means. And so it becomes extra frightening to -hmm. to take that leap. But again, I think, as I mentioned throughout the book, all of these decisions have to be made with a whole lot of thought, a whole lot of research. And I really encourage people to involve an objective outsider, whether it's their own attorney, financial advisor, Mm -hmm. consultant, coach, someone who has no vested interest in them staying in the business or leaving the business, but somebody that they can turn to and Lay out all the options. Someone who could help them really think clearly and objectively about: is this a matter of changing perspective? Is this a matter of changing things inside, or is this ultimately a matter of me really starting to see what else is out there?
1: That's just a beautiful set of options, really. I mean, it's just like it feels sometimes. I think, in a moment, that we feel trapped or that we feel unhappy in the family business. Like, as you mentioned before, it's a very lonely place. Uh, it can be a place where it seems uh, the situation seems quite desperate. Because, of course, the overweighing fear that we have as family members is that exiting the business is synonymous to exiting the family. Like with most family businesses we speak to as well, um, we just see... That, you know, the identity of the family and the conversation of the family, it largely revolves around the business as well. And um, Michael, it's just I do feel like it is necessary to speak about the three circle model or rather four circle model just for a second, because I do feel like it really ties in very much, you know, the way that you look at the family business. And also I think it, it, again, it reasons very much into why you've written the book in the first place. So would would you mind just like telling us a little bit more about like, you know, the fourth circle that you've added to the very famous three circle model
2: Yeah, I'm happy to. And I I will say, I think I come in last of a long line of people that have amended the three-circle model. They've added a fourth circle. They've tried to improve on. And I think the three-circle model still is the foundation of how we can understand family businesses. Um, And of course, I'm sure your listeners are familiar with the three overlapping circles being ownership in the family business, being an active employee or member a manager, employee of the family business, and then lastly being a family member. And so there are many different ways to live in either one or two or three of those circles. The fourth circle that I added for this second edition of the book is the self. And the reason I, I wanted to do that was because, and forgive me for using an example of a, a client again, but the metaphor that I use because they grew up in a family business, worked there from a young age, you know, it's all they ever knew. Mm -hmm. And so defining themselves separately from the family, from owning the business, from being in the business is a really complex process. Now, for anybody growing up, we all have to differentiate ourselves as human beings, regardless of if there's a family business or not. We all have to learn who we are, how we're the same as our parents, how we're different from our parents. For many folks, that happens if they go away to school, whether it's um, undergraduate or graduate work. That's where people often, I think, can learn what they're made of and really discover themselves. What I found, though, is that if the plan is always to return immediately to the family business or if there isn't that opportunity to fully separate mm-hmm. from the family and fully kind of have the freedom to really experiment and learn about who you are and what you're capable of, there's this seed of doubt that's planted early on in one's adult career, which is, am I anything without this business? Am I mm-hmm. anything without Mm -hmm. this family. And so if they haven't had a chance to kind of prove themselves or define themselves separately, I found that that, that's often really the seed of becoming trapped. This idea of a fourth circle of really defining who you are in the context of your family, I think is extra important for people who grow up in family businesses, because it's a more complicated process. You don't have that full separation That so many human beings have um, where, again, they get to kind of prove to themselves who they are. Uh, And so I I think showing that visually, showing uh, adding that fourth circle, the three circle model was important for me to say to everybody out there in a family business that you have the right to and frankly, you need to as a fully functional adult, determine who you are in that context. The metaphor that I use with clients is creating a moat around themselves, and it's often around who they are as an individual Mm -hmm. that is separate from your parents and separate from the business because you really haven't had that opportunity to think about who you are separate from them. And so that kind of enmeshment or that overlap can be really complicated. And so by adding the fourth circle, I wanted to draw attention to the fact that it's so important to not only understand where you fit in the family business as an owner, as a family member, as a non-owning family member, as an employee, but a non-owning employee, family member, wherever you fall, Mm. that central to all of that ultimately is who are you, you know What are your key personality traits? What are your motivators? What are your values? All Those things make you uniquely you. And again, I think if you've grown up in a family business, if that's all you've ever known as an adult, it becomes much harder to be able to articulate that. When I've worked with clients who've ultimately decided to leave the family business, they've, in many cases, never had a resume or never been on a job interview. And so what comes to the surface is, not only technically is that process difficult for them, but even thinking about themselves separately from their family and from their family business, it really highlights the the kind of uh, extra complexity, or added complexity, or fuzziness.
1: Uh, thank you, Michael, for a and a point. A very important one, in my opinion, as well, for to to understand that we always operate within an ecosystem, and and to recognize that we have to tell our own story uh, within the wider story of the family business is always very important. I think in every in every aspect of what we do, whether we stay or whether we leave, I think it's equally important. The the, the great thing about your book, I feel, uh, is how practical it is in 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 the way it is structured. Is definitely the kind of book where you come out feeling like you've just done your homework by doing tons of exercises and answering a lot of questions yeah. about yourself. So I think that's a really, that's a really, it's definitely the part where we love to recommend your work is that it, it feels like something that will not only leave you thinking, but has actually already has a lot of actionable aspects to it inside. So um, this is the second edition, Michael, tell us a little bit more about what is in the future now for Trapped in the Family Business and, and like what can we expect in the future in terms of, you know, publications from your end?
2: I have started to do interviews really related to the flip side of being trapped in the family business. And Mm -hmm. my tentative title is Thriving Mm -hmm. in the Family Business. I think we're a long ways away from a publication date on that. I've just barely started doing interviews. But really it is, I mean, you can almost imagine what a lot of the content will be, which is really, okay, so here's uh, to, to your point earlier, how do you make sure that these things don't happen in a family business? What kind of environment or culture do you need? But it's really about how do you lay the groundwork and how as a parent or as an owner, can you make sure that anybody that you do introduce to the family business is, if not guaranteed for success, Mm -hmm. you're avoiding all the pitfalls Mm -hmm. that so many family businesses sadly don't avoid. So um, those interviews are really about, again, how, not the success of the family business, I would say, but when I say thriving in the family business, I mean, how do you make sure that the right decisions are made and attended to so that somebody can feel fulfilled, connected, engaged, and satisfied. And look, we all have doubts about the work that we're doing, and are we in the right place at the right time? And I think human nature to question those things throughout the life cycle, but what we want to do is not have that be a theme that runs through somebody's career. And so thriving in the family business for me is very much going to be about here's the roadmap for, for how to make sure, again, as an owner, as a parent, that you don't inadvertently trap or burden the next gen with responsibilities or with roles that really are just not a good fit for them and ultimately not a good fit for the family
1: wonderful wise words to end this podcast on uh, michael thank you very very much for telling us about your book which can be a box in the link that everyone can see below this podcast so thank you very much michael for this conversation
2: thank you so much for having me it's been a real pleasure and like i said i'm a fan of your work and i've been so thrilled to uh, to have the time with you so thanks again